What's going on, everybody? My name is Hawaii Mike, and welcome to my new podcast, Mask Off. We're going to be delving into some interesting conversations with some good friends of mine, some of them famous, some of them just great friends, but we're going to talk about life. We're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about self-awareness. We're going to talk about everything in between. Now, we know sometimes mental health is kind of like a sensitive subject, so we're going to basically just listen to people, kind of tell their stories, talk about life, and from that, we're hoping that you can kind of grab some tips, hopefully find some resources, and um, learn how to kind of deal with life in general, right? Because we all got our ups and downs, and nobody's immune. To kick this one off, I gathered a few folks together, thought it would be a little bit easier in a group setting, and just a little bit more fun. So first off, we got my man Kaz Famuide, founding partner of Duce Palooza, one of the hosts of Flagrant 2 Podcast, and Uninterrupted The Score. Next up, we got our homegirl, Scotty Beam, from the Black Girl Pod. You know, we had to sneak a lady in there, give a little bit of a balance. And last but not least, we got my man, Dowie Chow, co-founder of Public School. So we're going to dive into this conversation, but don't worry, we got many more to come. So enjoy, mask off, because you can't heal what you don't reveal. All right, guys. I think we are ready to go. I'm ready. All righty. All right, welcome, guys. Hey, Mike. How you guys doing? Glad to have everybody here. Glad to be here. Um, Yeah, so we're starting something a little bit new. Um, We're entering a foray into the podcast life. Um, We're calling this Mask Off. And you can't heal what you don't reveal. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to try to bring a little bit of an awkward topic into the light and make it a little bit less awkward for folks. Um, And we're talking about mental health. We're talking about mindfulness. We're talking about self-awareness, self-love. We're talking about taking care of us you our person so um i'm gonna start just by like a quick introduction you know my name is mike salmon professionally known as hawaii mike which most of y'all probably know me as but my god-given name my well not my god my born name is dylan salmon which is actually created yeah yeah, yeah. my mind's already blown i'm like what? <laughs> <laughs> i've known this man for years yeah so so you know part of that was that you know hawaii mike kind of became a mask for me it came, became like a new identity right so my name, Dylan, was actually a creative name created by my parents. My father's name is Eddie. My mother's name is Linda. So the D-Y from Eddie, mm. the L-I-N from Linda. Okay. Yeah, but in the 70s, you know, I was a kid, I was like, what's your name? Dylan? Dylan? Oh, Poolin? so it's, it's spelled like that. So yeah, it's spelled like that. Uh, yeah, so it's not the normal shit. spelling. Gotcha. So, you know, for me, I came up with this, this Mike thing, leader of the Archangels, you know, strong. That was like my my way of mm-hmm. making it easy for introductions. Yeah. You know? Um This changes everything. Changes yeah, everything, I right? Like, I don't even know this guy. Yeah, I don't even know who I'm looking at right <laughs> so, now. So so that's good. So this is a whole new thing. It's a whole new exploration. This is a great way to start then, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, I so saw obviously I had hippie parents, mm-hmm. you know, love was in the air. And I was always taught that, you know, it's it's okay to express yourself. It's okay to let people know who you are and to shine and to be great with that. Um but you know, as we get older, we become products of our environment. And my environment happened to be hip hop. Mm-hmm. And the influences around me were that. And that kind of changed my perspective. And, um, you know, I went from believing that it's a stronger person that's able to speak about these emotions to sometimes kind of masking them. So a few years ago, probably when we first met, mm-hmm. Kaz, I was coming out of a long bout with depression that I kind of didn't know I was in. Mm-hmm. You know, I suffered from anxiety. That anxiety led to tons of self-doubt. And that self-doubt led to depression. And when I fell into it, I didn't talk about it. I didn't ask for help. I didn't make people aware of what I was going through. And so, you know, kind of isolated myself. Um, 
And so when I, last year, I finally started coming out of it for real, I decided that I need to change this. I need to look at myself and get myself healthy, my whole self. Usually when we think about health, we think about what? Physical, right? Let's yeah. go work out. Let's get in the gym. We're going to be good. We're going to look good. Sometimes we think about spiritual. We can get on a spiritual trip. But mental, like that's not something we think about exercising. Like that's just something that's just kind of there, mm -hmm. right? So I kind of took a step back and said, I'm on a, about to be 45 this year. Let's do a whole midlife tune-up. Let's straighten everything out. So physical, my back is all thrown off. Went to the chiropractor, getting that all straightened out, straightened my teeth out, got Invisalign. So if I'm talking weird, you know, <laughs> if I had a little bit of a lisp, that's what it is. Uh, um, then I started going to therapy. And um, I started doing some reading and figuring out, like, just, you know, what are some different resources and things out there? Breathing was the beginning. Like, that changed everything for me. Um, your breath, when we're born, it's the first thing we do. We breathe in. Before you pass away, it's the last thing we do is breathe out. Breathing isn't something we focus on, but breathing is life. We stop breathing right now, we hold our breath, we could die. Just take our life right there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so we take that thing for granted. So breathing led into meditation. Um, meditation led into me focusing on and really kind of giving that self-love and, and taking care of who I am again and kind of open that up. And when I started um, thinking about what are the things that held me back, it was kind of doing things like this, was talking about this and expressing and opening that up. And so as I started talking about it, what I found was that you related to it, you related to it. When we finally met, you related to it. And everybody did. And the amount of people that reached out to me, I was kind of like, yeah, I thought I was alone in this. Yeah. But we all feel this. And so I didn't think most of the people that I spoke to were going through that. Dow, you were like, yo, I, could, I never would have guessed that. Mm -hmm. But what it was was, like I said in the beginning, it was Hawaii Mike. I was able to put that mask on. I was able to go outside and be Hawaii Mike. And be good. And hold that image up. And be that guy, and you know, I'm the sneaker guy, I'm the lifestyle guy, I'm manager, I'm you know, all these other things. I'm taking care of other people's lives. Mm -hmm. But I go home, I'm dead. I'm looking at all the shit I didn't do as a father, all my downfalls. You know, I'm looking at my wife going, Why'd you hold me back? Projecting all my negativity on her. You didn't allow me to get out there. Oh, I always had to be here because of you and the kid and do all this. And Nah, that shit starts with me. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to start this and really open this conversation to really show aspirational people, people we look up to, people we respect, all go through these things. We all have these self-doubts. But how do we get past them? What are our tips? What are our tricks? What are our resources? What are the tools that we utilize in our lives? And so that's why I kind of wanted to bring you guys here together because I obviously respect all of you. You guys are all vocal in your own ways about this and you all are very creative and I feel like as creatives a lot of the time people that are more have more audacity become more successful because we become logical mm -hmm. and we go eh, hold ourselves back a little bit and you know so people they have that confidence to just get out there and we kind of knock ourselves down so again just getting you guys here and have an open forum and taking this awkward conversation okay and make it a little bit less awkward all right well, you know? but first um, let's Let's do some intros, ourselves. yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Let's get some. Guys, go first. Oh, I you were gonna go first. <laughs> no, 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 because you already got to start. All right, cool. Uh, my name is Kaz, um, known as Real Life Kaz on like a lot of social media platforms. But my given, I'm 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 still Mike's uh, whole swag right now. But my given name is Kazim Famuide. 
um, born to two Nigerian immigrant parents, um, first generation, um, raised in, born in Queens, New York, raised in Staten Island. Uh, and when I grew up, I mean, obviously now, like I've, I've done like a lot of other stuff as far as like media and, you know, just whether it's sports or music or, you know, Duce Palooza slash Henny Palooza and, uh, you know, just, a, you know, The Stashed and Source Magazine and all this other shit that I've done in my life. Um, but originally, I'm just like, you know, I'm just the youngest of like two immigrant parents who moved here because like, you know, Nigeria was, you know, there's only so much you could accomplish in that country. You know what I'm saying? And um, I was like their best shot at that like me and my brother so um at the end of the day one thing i've been learning the more self-aware i've been i've become is uh just being aware of that and you know a lot of times when you know like you spoke on it before when you when you got the mask on and you're just kind of like going around making sure that you know your job is good and your career is good and you're working for other people and you know trying to make sure you're popping and making sure that you know when people see you, you look good and shit like that. A lot of times you can get lost on like what that exact, um, your exact mission is in life. And it's not any of that stuff. It's like what you were when you were first created. And um, that's that's who Kazim is. You know, like that's, mom still calls me like, I'll always be like her baby of the family and shit. And I was the last born. So like that was kind of like a thing where, I always, 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 whenever I get, like, really lost in this shit, try to remember that and, like, stick to that. Um, but it's hard. <laughs> like, it's definitely not something that's, like, really easy to do, um, especially when you're, you know, you just crack 30, and, like, it's a it's a milestone year, and uh, you kind of, you know, I've been through a lot in that year, um, socially, career-wise, family-wise, all that shit, like, wrapped into one, so, like, when you when you turn thirty, like you would do that anyway. You would do that kind of stop and look back and say, okay, like give yourself your kind of like your self evaluation card, like your report card and shit, and like add it to like all the shit that's kind of like been f- not thrown at me, but you know, like just regular life shit. Like you know, it's it's really it's been really interesting, and uh, and when you approach me to kind of like talk about this. And just kind of like do this this kind of podcast. I was super interested because like I'm still kind of on that journey. You know what I mean? Like I'm still like smack dab in the middle of it. I mean like I got I got to go to therapy like tomorrow, and then yeah. like I'm throwing a birthday party that night. So it's like, <laughs> but that's life. Um, but that's life. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things where, you know, I it, if it wasn't for like getting smacked in the face with life, I don't think I never would have self-aware got self-aware and like kind of checked myself and kind of seen that you know like all right like maybe you're not all right you know what i'm saying like maybe you do got some shit that you got to work out and um you know before before i I take diani's dow's super long intro i'll stop there and we'll just <laughs> keep it going <laughs> i mean but that's the part right is this is the journey yeah and and we'll talk about this too but there's no chronological journey not like there's not like hey this is your journey for everyone and everybody's going to get on the same path mm-hmm. we all have a different path we all have different points in time we're all different ages we all come from different places have different influences but a lot of the times we measure other people's journeys 
against ours. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's psychological time. I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's normal, too, because, like, you have, we're all aspirational. We all have people we look up to. We all have folks that be like, man, like, at this, when this guy was 25 years old, he was doing this, this, that, and the third. Like, fuck, I got I to gotta step my shit up. Or, you know, I'm 25, and I'm already ahead of this, this, that, and the third. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, you always, it's human nature. You know what I mean? Like, you, you don't. You don't really get that kind of kind of self awareness or that kind of like, you know, um, you know th- those thoughts about yourself until you get to a certain age where you're just like, damn, like it's I don't know what this guy really went through. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know what he's really going through to to, to either even have the audacity to be like, oh, I can catch this person or I could you know be as popping or as successful as this person or this person ain't got shit on me. Like, you know, yep. I'm already done this, this, that, and the third before I even turn 30. Like, what do you, you know, really fuck with me? Like, it's, there's a lot of audacity that you kind of have to get over yourself about. And, you know, when, when you, when you, when you're full of yourself, you kind of, you, you are all kind of guilty of getting like a little bit of a big head. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just kind of got to check yourself and just be like, you know, you didn't, you, you don't know anybody's real journey because like, as evidence of this podcast, a lot of people don't really just talk about it. At you know all. what I'm saying? At like all. a lot of people don't. We don't know. So um, let's. I'll. I'll. <laughs> I'll pass the mic. We'll segue. <laughs> I'll count. I'll. I'll uh, be a little shorter than Kaz <laughs> since he took up all the time. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm a talker. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Dowie Chow. Um. And I'm a friend of Mike, uh, Dylan, rather. Uh, I have been in New York all my my entire life. I was actually born in Montreal, which most people don't know that. But I was—I didn't didn't know that. I thought it was Queens. uh, Yeah, well, I was moved to Queens when I was three months old, so it's just easier to lie. But maybe, (laughs) maybe the show is maybe not. There we go. Facing up to your truths, I've always been embarrassed about not being born here in New York and having all the work that I do sort of be inspired by New York. Um, I have a a, a label uh, by the name of Public School, which is a men's and women's uh, clothing brand based here in New York, uh, along with my partner, Maxwell. And, um, yeah, I've been self-aware for too long too too self-aware uh you know and just talking about this topic and um you know both my parents are immigrants also from uh from china uh and being raised in a very traditional chinese um household where you're taught to really keep um you know, or to be just devoid of any sort of emotion at all. You know, anything that you're dealing with, you have to keep within yourself. Um, I grew up with two sisters, an older sister and a younger sister. And we probably, you know, never had a conversation about how we were feeling ever up until, you know, the last couple of years. Um, and that's, you know, that's the the way that you are raised in a very traditional Asian household. You don't show emotion. You don't talk about your problems. You just work through it. You deal with it, and you you figure it out, right? And you and you keep moving. So that's been my reality f- 
for uh, my entire life. Um, and, um, you know, just coming now to a point where, um, you know, being able to, I have two sons, um, I have a wife and trying not to sort of repeat that process, um, and raise my kids in a way to, you know, still be able to connect to their heritage and my upbringing, um, but try and develop a relationship with them and help them develop a relationship with the world in a different way than I grew up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'll never look back on growing up or past experiences and wish that I could do it again. Uh, but I think for sure raising my children to feel the power of having being confident in themselves and seeing the world in a certain way and having them be seen in a certain way is 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 really important and um that's you know part of you know being a father uh the idea of always sort of being this teacher but a student in the same um um uh, in the same step um, that everything that I'm teaching them is something that I need to relearn for myself. So, um, yeah, so that's my convoluted intro. <laughs> Wasn't as good as Kaz, but... Yes. <laughs> yeah. Are we scoring? Look, yes. <laughs> is there scores? <laughs> King of convoluted shits. <laughs> um, hi, my name is Scotty Beam. Uh, my real name... Is Diani. I think most people know that. Either you call me Diani or you call me Scotty Beam. Um, I was born in New York City. I lived in the Bronx until I was 13, 14, and then I moved to Piscataway, New Jersey um, with my mother and my little brother and my older sister. Um, what else? Um, yeah. I've been self-aware for about two years now. Um, as far as knowing that trauma exists, um, figuring out what exactly depression is, what exactly anxiety is, and the responsible way of dealing with all these things. Um, still learning, uh, because uh, many... Well, I am a very... Used to be, still probably am, um, very aggressive. Uh, not as far as like fighting or anything like that. Well, yeah, I fought. <laughs> I was like, how long was you gonna lie for? How was you? I was a fighter Whoa. when I was younger. Let me move my seat. <laughs> I was a fighter when I was younger, um, and then realized as like time went on that that was the only way I could actually express myself, which was a problem. I didn't know how to express myself in any other way, verbally, any other way, emotionally, but to just be angry and either not talk to you or that's it. But um, I'm learning, you know, how to deal with people. I think in this industry, you know, and I do that with quotation marks, in this industry it's just 
you have to learn how to deal with certain people. People that you don't even like. People that you don't seem see as genuine people. And that's my problem. I don't like genuine people. I don't like disingenuine disingenuine people. So if I feel it, I'm not going to say much to you. And I have to. I had to work on that. I had to work on phone. We're just dealing with people, and that was my problem. Um, so yeah, I think uh, you know I, I didn't have a father in the household, just like many other children, um, which also I've learned that really fucks with me now and fucks with me in this growing stages of almost getting to 20 almost getting to 30 because i'm 27 now i got a few more years but i'm still learning you know this daddy trauma exists although i love to be the person all the time that was like you know i that daddy issue shit don't hit me Mm -hmm. like that that don't even affect me but i'm learning it did just in different ways you know what i'm saying because society would tell you that if you have daddy issues, you're automatically these things, which are a hoe or seeking attention or whatever it is. And I prided myself on not being those things. But then there's other things that they don't yeah. talk about. You know what I'm saying? Uh, not respecting men or um, being aggressive or automatically thinking people are supposed to walk out your life yeah. and, and not yeah. even blink. It's not even a thing. So... Dealing with those things um, help, you know, it, it's helping me now. I'm seeing a therapist, thankfully, thank God. Um, because I think the last year, everything just started to hit me at once. Like, everything just started to, all the questions that I've had for myself that I've buried so far underground that I knew that <laughs> would not come up, started to come up so prematurely. And I'm like, bro, I just buried this, like, 10 years ago. And I thought I was good, but I'm not. So, you know, I had to go see a therapist. Um, so, yeah, and I, I'm getting to a better place. I think I, I, meditation is my thing. I love it. It helps me with a lot of my anger issues, a lot of my, uh, a lot, just a lot with me dealing with everyday stuff. It, yep. it puts everything in order for me. Focus, you know, and that's something I lack, too. I lack focus. I can't focus on one thing because... Everything affects me at once. Um, so meditation puts everything in order for me. Um, where Now I'm starting to question, is there such thing as too much meditation? I mean, if you're not doing anything, you're not eating, you're not going, you know, yeah. Yeah, it, but it's too, like, am I leaning on it too much? Where sometimes, like, if I feel like I'm being tried, which probably the other person may not even think they're trying me, mm. but because my my anger is so sh- it's just this ah, it's very short and thin. I have to literally take a moment, meditate, and then be like, "All right, we're back. I can talk to you now." But but that's but that's part of the exercise of meditation is to be able to do that, right? And that goes back to breathing, right? Because a lot of the times, like I, um, they tell you to focus, take a couple of breaths. Right. If you're going to go do something that's very strenuous, you're getting, you know, um, something that's physical. Take deep breaths. Get ready for this. You, pre- right. you know, you prepare yourself. But we don't think about that in everyday interactions. Right. Right. Taking that time. You know, breathing does so much for because it's life force. Right. It centers you. 
it gives you a chance to focus. And that's like you said, you're not focused. You're focused on the wrong things that are making right. you upset instead right. of what you need to deal with, whatever that, you know, right. what's in front of you. Exactly. And that's um that's all I've been trying to focus on now is just meditating and uh self care, you know, giving back to uh my community and doing what I can for my people and, you know, all that stuff. So I, I that's what I'm focused on now. You know what I'm saying? And staying creative. That's it. Got to stay creative. Yeah. So I got immigrant parents. I'm first generation U.S. Mm -hmm. You're first generation U.S. Thou, you're first generation U.S. You are, mm -hmm. right? My mom was born and raised in Harlem. <laughs> right? Yeah. So Thou and I have 70s babies. 80s. 80s baby. 90s baby. 90s. Right? Yeah. So from, from like just a quick perspective, not, not to go too deep, but what was the topic like in your households, right? growing up because we will start with that with me because of the time um and then like when did you kind of realize that you needed to be on this this journey of self-awareness was it something that ha happened younger age or was it something that was really recent so that what was like like i mean obviously you said in your household yeah chinese families don't talk about it mm -hmm. you got to save face yeah you don't want to dishonor you don't want to do any of that so yeah. well and, and to add to that you know i've i was sort of the black sheep of the family right yep. so how so was you know, just into shit that, you know, normal Chinese kids, you know, in Queens were maybe, I don't know, maybe they were. I just was it Was it, it. hip-hop? It was hip-hop. Huh? You can say it. Rap music. You, can, you can say it. The H word. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, yeah, I mean, music played a big part of my life, you know, and it still does. Um, and then that, I think that that caused a lot of, you know, probably distance between my parents and you know my my family in general is just you know the way that i assimilated into uh america was sort of different than the way that they assimilated uh and had hoped that you know that i would assimilate too um so you know for from for a lot of my childhood and sort of those formulative years in high school I would say is probably the most influential time in my life you know I really felt like not that I didn't have a family but I I felt like I mean what kids will say oh yeah I relate to my parents or to my but I really felt like sort of distanced um from my family and um which sounds fucked up because you know I they gave me everything I ever yeah. wanted or needed so I think that was something that I created. But there there was also, you know, I was definitely off to, you know, like growing up in the, you know, being born in the 70s and growing up in the 80s as an Asian American, you know, you had three options on what you could be, a doctor, a lawyer, or in, in finance, right? And so my sister, my younger sister's a doctor, my older <laughs> sister's in finance. <laughs> and me, you know, I'm, you know, a designer, which, you know, at that time, my parents, not that I was a designer when I was younger, but I was into music and it was, it was more about how do I create something from nothing that doesn't exist or pull in from, you know, different, di different references and create something new, creating a new space. So that was just unheard of. And it's cool to now sort of go 360 and, you know, my parents are, they'll sit front row at my shows and yep. they, they are... <laughs> Super, you know, they're, they're inviting. They, they get it now. Yeah. 
you know, they're inviting the Chinese newspaper to come and setting up interviews for me. And so, you know, that 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 journey has been a long one, but it's felt, you know, it, it's felt like I've done that by myself for such a long time. When in actuality, I probably wasn't by myself. I probably could have, you know, leaned more on my family or yeah. talked more to my family. It would have been awkward. But you know, um, again, you're 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 just not accustomed to doing that. Yeah. So now, I, mean, I felt the same way. Like both my parents are musicians, mm-hmm. um, and I felt like I was almost like adopted by hip hop. Like that was like my new family. That's like mm. that's what I lived in. Mm. When I was in middle school, exactly. I was a b boy. I we were in a crew. We got hired. We would dance at fucking like conferences and all kinds of shit. So. Like, that's what I looked for. But my dad would take me surfing every day. Like, I wanted to go. He taught me how to drive when I was 12. We would drive from San Francisco to Santa Cruz to go surfing. But I felt distant because I couldn't relate to the lifestyle, to, like, what, like, made me excited, right? So how do you communicate? How do you have that that relationship and find inspiration? Even though my dad's a creative. Like, he could tell me all kinds of ways to be creative. But, again... Like, you, you create these weird isolations and, and feel different from your family. And I kept separating. And then when I moved in 92, I was 18 years old on my own. I didn't go to college. I didn't do anything. And I couldn't go back to my family and go, hey, what did you guys do when you were in this situation? Mm. Like, nobody had any of that. Mm. And, and so a lot of those things made it difficult to kind of even discuss the topic of help and asking for guidance because I felt like I couldn't. So I was like, what I found was what I would do is I would just put my head down and just figure the shit out and keep going. And and as you go, I mean, sometimes that shit helps, but after a while you need to kind of start talking to people. You need yeah, to yeah. start. And, and, and again, I'm having this now. I'm actually in therapy. I haven't spoke to my mom in like three years. And we just started talking again because we had this weird relationship where we I wasn't able to take her advice. But a lot of her advice was shit I'm doing right now. Yeah. Mm. Numerology, fucking meditation, all of these things. But because I isolated or I felt isolated and I had dealt with this by myself, I didn't allow my family to to give me the knowledge that they were trying to give to me. And I, and, and I could have used those things now. Mm-hmm. And And it's like, just because at the time I couldn't relate in the way I thought because I was, what, speaking slang and fucking Ebonics and shit mm-hmm. and trying to talk like that and didn't want to talk regular with them or because they still called me Dylan or whatever else and I'm Hawaii Mike now. and yeah. you know It's Hawaii, <laughs> Mom. <laughs> yeah, stop calling me D. Guys don't understand. Like, don't call my house asking for D. My, my girlfriend doesn't know who you're talking about. <laughs> you know? and um, But think about it. Like, you touched on it. It's the 80s, right? Yeah. Yo, so when we're growing up, you got the crack era, you got guns fucking everywhere, you got hip hop, which is the most bravado, I can't tell me nothing, gangster ass shit. Mm. Where's room for emotions and all of that? Even, even, you know, even the R&B, when you come out, you got Bobby Brown pumping yeah. around. You got, yeah. you know, all the Marvin Gaye, all that stuff was starting to, to go away. And so the dialogue became that bravado, mm. that... You know, we got to stand up. We got to always be strong. We got to, ah, ah, ah. Your pants got to sag like you're in jail. And, you know, and it, it it just took us away from sharing and being natural and, yeah. you know. Um, so that so that, that hard 90s. So I'm curious, like, 80s, you were born. So you yeah. was coming out of that. You was probably coming up in the Daisy Age. Yeah. You know, a little bit <laughs> when you were first starting listening to music. And then it got crazy again. Yeah. I mean, like, 
growing up in that era it was kind of different because I, I felt different. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, like hip hop was something I grew up on, but it was the most, you know, bravado, brash. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a big tough guy, whatever. And like, I'm, I, and the funny thing was, like, I was always like one of the bigger guys in my friends. I was taller, played sports, like all this other shit. And like, I knew. I was a little different because, like, I did have that emotion. Like, I, I wore, I, I always wore my emotions on my sleeves. Like, I'm mad sensitive. Like, I know that shit now. Like, for a while, a lot of that shit was like a defense mechanism because mm. it was like, all right, like, I'm this big black dude. I can't really show that like something's bothering me. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta, you gotta man up. You just kind of, kind of tough it out and, and eat it. And, um, you know, like for a while, like, I didn't realize that, like. Now I have the self-awareness to know that, like, I knew it back then, but I had suppressed it so much that it didn't really start coming back again until I was much older. Like, I played a lot of sports growing up, and, you know, before every playoff game from, like, seventh to, like, ninth grade, I would have, like, anxiety attacks, like, the night before a playoff game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know they were anxiety attacks. Like, I was just, I, I just thought I was just scared. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, everyone's counting on me. Like, I got drop 30. And, and like, I would freak out. And, like, I would end up in the hospital for freaking out. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, like, nothing would be wrong with me. Like, nothing physically would be wrong with me. They're just like, oh, like, you know, they'd have an anxiety attack. So they'll just keep me there. And, like, just being in the hospital, I'd feel better. And then, like, I'd do my fucking Jordan shit. Like, yo, I was in the hospital <laughs> last night, but. Fucking, I'm here, ready to play. <laughs> flu game, <laughs> flu game. Flu game shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Nothing was physically wrong with me. I was just fucking scared. And, um, you know, I, I, I played through it. And I, all my life, I I still felt these things. Um, I just had, I had really good mediums of suppressing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, whether it was from fifth grade to a senior year in college, it was hoops. Like, it was always basketball. It was always like, you know what, like, Whenever I'm scared, like you know, I could I could go to the court, I can go play, I can go work out, I can shoot, I can do something. You know what I'm saying? A, a little bit in in, in bet- before that, it was music. You know what I'm saying? And not just hip hop. You know what I mean? It was it was it was everything. Like I listened to like that's one thing my dad was big on. Like a lot of people like hear my parents are like first generation. I'm first generation and like they're Nigerian parents, but they're not like the super duper strict like typical nigerian parents like to like to me they were strict but like if you go to like other nigerians they'll like real nigerians will look at my parents like they're hippies <laughs> you know what i'm saying they're like you got two kids that aren't accountants or fucking you know welder or or, or, or you know some a doctor or a lawyer or none of that shit like they're both creatives they're like wow you know what i'm saying but like to me you know, like, they still had the same type of discipline and same type of, you know, you're going to go to school, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to do whatever. But they never really pushed anything on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, most Nigerian parents would do. Most first-generation parents would do, I, I yep. assumed, after listening to both of y'all's stories. Um, they were, you know, my dad was really into art. Like, he was a painter. Like, you know, he listened to a lot of, like, American music. Like, he was, like he put me on to, like, fucking, like, the Bee Gees and... and and uh, and Al Green and, like, all these people that I had no idea about when I was, like, three years old, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, fr- from then on, like, they were, 
like they, they never really made me feel like I couldn't do anything I, I, I didn't want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, that pressure of, like, I even brought white girls home. And, like, they were cool <laughs> with that shit. Like, I brought home, like, two white girls. And my mom was, like, not tripping at all. Like, completely was that, expected to Was that, like, a test? Or I, I, It might have been. Like, subconsciously, <laughs> I was probably saying, like, how far can I really take this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, um, they, they were never, like, you're going to marry her. But, like, they didn't freak out like I expected them to freak out. Like, they, like her parents would freak out. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I would go to their house, and, like, I was growing up in Staten Island, so it was, it was... Oh, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. it was not, <laughs> it was not the most comfortable situation. And, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where, like, when you're growing up, and to tie the point back together, um, it's hard to show, you know, those emotions back then, even though I I didn't know that I was doing that. I didn't know I was, I was aware of that shit. And I always used to try and like suppress it because i'm like damn like you're acting like a bitch like why are you why can't you just get over shit like why can't you just be like you know like why why does shit bother you why do you have to talk about things why do you have to do all this shit like none of the other, none of the other friends are doing this like you know so it's like when you're growing up in that era and and being influenced by you know obviously i was influenced by a lot of music a lot of culture but hip-hop was you know number one when you're influenced by that it's hard to just be like okay like that's 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 normal you know what i'm saying because you're watching all these things and you don't have social media. You don't have this 24-hour news cycle of your favorite people to know that they're multidimensional things. And you're not they're not just this person from this four-minute clip of them looking like Superman with a gun in their hand and fucking fireworks exploding behind them and shit and girls dancing and money flying, all that type of shit. Um, you just see that. Yep. And, um, you know, it's all bravado. It's all about being, like, the man and all being, like, you know, not really letting your feelings kind of express themselves. So um, that's when I knew I was, like, a little bit different, you know what I mean, growing up. And, uh, I, and, and I say all that to say, like, I guess I'm not that different because, like, it, it's normal. It is normal. You that's, know what I'm saying? Like, and a lot of people just don't really know how to express that. And I, I guess I figured that out a little younger than most folks. But, um, yeah, like, I, I guess that's, that's, that's kind of my thing on it. Like, it was, it was, it was difficult. Um, it, it gave me anxiety attacks like way younger than I probably should have, but um, it's something that I'm well aware of now, and I'm kind of glad that I went through it because it's it's helping me in this current process of of kind of like rediscovering myself. Was there a specific event or moment or person? Um, that, that what that kind of like woke you up to that or made you aware or. Was it going to be having anxiety attacks constantly? <laughs> uh, there was numerous things, man. Like, my father got sick when I was maybe, like, three, four years ago. Like, I was on my way to South by Southwest, like, I want to say, like, three, four years ago. And I was on the plane, and he got remarried, and that wife had kids. And his one of his kids, who I never spoke to, um, hit me on Facebook Messenger, like, while I'm on the plane about to go to Texas. And it was like, yo, I don't know where you're at right now, but if you can, get, you know, call you, get to the hospital, come come here, like, come here now. And I'm like, dog, I'm on a plane, like, I can't, you know, I'm, like, literally sitting here, like, ready to take off. So I take off, like, four or five hours later, my brother calls me, my actual brother calls me. He's like, yo, if, if I, his name is I, was like, yo, if I hit you, like, don't worry about it, like, just, you know, do what you gotta do, go put in work i'm like, all right cool so went to texas did my thing over there calls me the day i'm about to fly i was like you did good I was like yeah all right so i gotta tell you like 
things aren't good. Like, you know, your dad collapsed, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's really sick. Like, you know, he don't, he didn't tell me that he had cancer over the phone, but he was like, yo, it, it, as soon as you land, like, come here. So I get there, and, you know, you see him, and, and you know, me and my dad were like, we didn't have a bad relationship, but, like, we didn't have the best one. Yep. Um, you know, he was he was a good man. It was just circumstances that was like, you know, he, you know, they had me and they tried to work it out. And, you know, he left and like he it's not like he didn't want to see me like he tried. Like it's fucked up laws here, man. Like when, when you have separations, like you can't just go and see your kid because you feel like seeing them. Like even though he did everything he could, you know, what I'm saying um, despite, you know, what was going on with my mom, like it didn't change anything he felt about me and my brother. So like. It, it wasn't. It, it was. It was rocky a lot. Yep. It was rocky, and um, you know, when it was good, it was good. When it was bad, it was like, it's like whatever. Like he's not like I've I've lived this. I've I've gotten this far without him really in my life like that anyway. So I'll be all right. But it wasn't until like I got to like the end of high school and college that I really got to know about men. You know what I'm saying? And like when you're young, and you just grow up with raised by women and raised by you know like just not really having your dad there every day you have and and just the stereotype of like dad's not being around yeah like you have that picture in your head about what an absentee father is and he wasn't totally absentee you know what i'm saying but it got to a point where when i grew up and started to kind of like see my interaction with women and my and other people's interaction with women and their relationships and not in their marriage and i'm like then my dad finally got to be able to speak to me eye to eye. Like, this is what really went down. You know what I'm saying? This is what, how it really is. And um, I understood more. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the thing was, like, when he got remarried, like, I, he didn't tell me. Like, when wow. he got, you know, all this other stuff, like, like he, 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 was, he was living a happy life, man. Like, he went in and, and, and fell in love and met a nice lady and they got married and he took in their kids and they had a nice, beautiful home and all this other stuff. And it's like, you know, it, it it was one of those things where, like, little things like that used to make me feel like, oh, like, are you even really my pops like that? Like, how are you mm -hmm. not going to, you know, let me know this type of stuff? So I remember the conversation we had before he got sick. It was right before my birthday because he didn't call me. I was like, damn, you're not going to call me for my birthday. I'm like, damn. I'm like, it's like, whatever. That's just my dad being my dad. I'm tripping. And the next time I see him, I'm hopping off a plane and going to see him, like, in a hospital bed. Wow. So then it's just like. All that shit's just hitting you at one time. It's like, you know, then you find out, yes, it is cancer. And, yes, he only has, like, a certain amount of time to live. And, um, you know, you're trying to cram in a lifetime's worth of relationship in four years. You know what I'm saying? And um, you don't know it's four years. Yeah. But it's like now you're just like every day I got to make it count because, like, I, I, it's cancer, dog. Like, you, don't you can't take no – you don't yeah. know. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, um that just opened up a, a Pandora's box of so many things that I was going through that I never dealt with, yep. that I didn't know that I was dealing with. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think that was the actual, like, spark that let me know, like, okay, like, you got to go and get yourself right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just crazy, man. Don't we, don't we wish there's a fucking manual for this shit? Like, <laughs> this should be, like, part of school or something growing up where it's like, hey, 
gotta take care of yourself too. And 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 think about that. Work on it. And yeah. it's a constant thing. Yeah. Well, this is the manual. You know? This is well. I mean, hey, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a, a manual, a starting point, or something, man. Like I said, it's an awkward topic. And, and, how a lot of, and one thing that I, I forgot to mention is, um, it's kind of hard to to make that something that you grow up with because once you hear mental health, you automatically think, "Oh, you're crazy." You know what I'm saying? It's like there's a, there's a bad, there's an awful stigma when you when you grow up with that. But that's just the conversation. That's that's because of yeah. what it means in our in our in our culture in our society mm. right now, right? And like you're saying, maybe this is the manual. Maybe this is yeah. what changes that, right? Because we can, if we change the conversation around it, maybe we can shift the whole culture. Yeah. Because what we're told by the people we respect is almost the opposite of yeah. what you should hear when you're going through these things. It's the absolute opposite. If if you're telling somebody to put your head down and keep pushing. That sounds like you're putting your head down and digging a grave. Yeah. <laughs> right? And yeah. to just bury yourself and isolate yourself more. Right? So, yeah. So, how, like, again, it's it's just the start of that. Like, how do we just open it up so everybody... Like, I remember even, like, telling my mom I was going to therapy or, like, telling my mom I was thinking about going to therapy. And she's like, why? You're not crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. Why would you... And that's that's and your like, parent. That's yeah. Your... And it's like, you don't even want to... You know, like, that's your, that's your mom. You don't want you... Because, like, then now they feel like they did something wrong. You know what I'm saying? So which, now, which is wrong. Yeah, I had which to have wrong. that conversation with my <laughs> which mother. Which is wrong, too. Because yeah. my mother... So, growing up in the 90s, I don't... I'm, it's, I was born in 90, so it was like, you know... That's when I graduated high school. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a nice spectrum of age in this my, right? yeah. my My mother was very open. She's very open when it came to strength. As far as weakness is concerned, I've never seen this woman flinch about anything. Anything. Even when my father left, I've never seen a tear. I've never seen her complain. I've never seen she just picked up and left. Like, picked up and picked us up, and we was out. Um, and that was, you know, what I molded myself to be like. Because when you're in a household of just one parent, you have one example. And then you have the examples of her family. And I had some examples from my father's family, but most are just women. So I was raised around just strong, black-ass women. <laughs> and I mean, like, extremely strong. Don't flinch. Don't cry. You'll be fine. Kind of stuff. And um, my mom is first generation. Um, my family's from Belize. And when she was starting out, she... So, she was a DJ in college, and then she became a radio personality, and she's she wanted to put me into music. Um, when my mom was starting out, my family was like, hell no. What the hell is that? Radio. And nobody cares about radio, and is there even money in radio? Stuff like that. And so she was, you know, she had a big, big hard time telling them that this is what her passion was. Um, so when I came around, she put me in all this music, like, my mom would give me quizzes, literally written quizzes about who, you know, let's say the Bee Gees were, the disco era. Let's talk about the disco era. Let's talk about soul era, the difference between soul and R&B. What are the differences? Like, stuff like that she would put me on to because she thought it was very important because hip-hop was just yep. starting to make this, you know, noise. And she was like, yeah, um, I want you to know where these samples came from. Mm. Most of these, most of the songs that you hear are samples. Most of you know all these songs that you sing along to are jazz. 
learn about jazz. She hates jazz, but she was like, you have to learn about jazz. So music was our in our house mm-hmm. all the time. There was no, I was not good in school. There was no, oh, I'm gifted in math or anything like that. I was gifted in music. That's it. I know a sample. I know a song. I know whatever. So, but as far as family is concerned, she made sure that we never wanted for anything. She never complained about anything. She never showed us the struggle of anything. She told us struggles when we got older. But my mom made very made it very clear that if you want to be your double a double minority here, yep. you need to have a strong back because it's about you're about to hold up a whole bunch of people. So that's how I lived. And because she's my hero, that is my everything, I wanted to tailor my life just like her. Mm-hmm. And now I'm learning, you know, you know, I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not my mother. I'm my mother's child. I just can't be my mother. My mother also has, you know, when I told her I went to therapy, she made it very clear. You know, she was just like, you don't need, you're not crazy. I was like, Mom, and that's why I want you to go with me. Because mm-hmm. I see a lot of things, a trait in my mother that I see in myself. Um, that she hasn't dealt with a lot of trauma. And when she even talks about her trauma, She's, like, so matter-of-fact about it that I'm like, Mom, that's crazy. Do you understand how crazy that is? Yeah. Like, that story is crazy. Like, mm-hmm. some of the stuff that happened, that's nuts. And she's like, yeah, but you had to go through that. I was like, no, no, no. You can't, you can't just dismiss it. But in her age, she does. And she was like, I'm happy here. I'm happy right now. Do I want to revisit those things? No. She was like, I don't want to. I understand you wanting to unpack you know, that is great for you. She's like, but it doesn't work for me. She was like, you know, because she's, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that she went through. Women, period. And my family has been through so much that I'm just like, woo. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, but the old school mentality is to not talk about it. It's to sweep it under right, the rug. Sweep it it's... under the rug and have, and just never speak about it ever again. And it'll go away. Right. And her success is, well, I've raised my family to the point where nobody would ever think there was something wrong. And that's the, that's the winning ticket. Like, yeah. I, I've raised my family. There are no failures that you can see. Mm. So we're good. Mm. So, you know, that's, that's how I became the, the rebel in the fuck up because I was the one who dropped out of school. I was the one who... You know, my sister got her master's and her master's master's and her master's master's <laughs> master's. And I dropped out. I couldn't take it anymore. I had anxiety attack. I got really depressed and started to really just zone out. Um, and my mom was very embarrassed. So it was different. My mom, you know, held it. Had, she, she, she dealt with it. She's now very proud. But before, it just was very, very, very bad. Um, and yeah, that was, that was how I came. Nineties was just, I guess my mom was very hip, very pop. Like she had, you know, very big earrings, big bangs, you know, the furs and everything like that. My mom was very popping. Um, she's, she is now mom. She's, she's very, she's very popping, but she, um, she has her own set of baggage that she didn't know that she was putting on us when she did. And so then how did you 
when you started to know you were dealing with anxiety, and then now you said you're in therapy, how did you end up starting to focus on that and take care of it? I mean, it took took nine years, eight years. Um, I locked myself in the dorm rooms, in my dorm room, and didn't come out for days. And I think uh, then police came; they had to come and get me out. Whatever, whatever. I just wouldn't answer the phone. People thought I killed myself. People thought I died. Whatever, whatever. I. I still am trying to figure out, like when I think about that time, college time was the best and the worst. Mm. College and I went to HBCUs. I went to Clark Atlanta University. It was the best time mm -hmm. for that time, because you know we all wanted to live through different world, <laughs> and we all wanted to be. You know, we were just want to go to Hellman. Right. We were all just black students trying to learn or trying to figure out what we wanted to do. I took that to the next level, though, because I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. And because there was no lane mm. for me, I didn't know what it is. And because also my, I had, I always thought I was supposed to be my mom. So my mom at this time knew what she wanted to do. She wanted to be a radio personality. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to, I want to do something with music, but I'm not sure if I want to copy what my mom is doing. And the fact that my mom already knew what she was doing, I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to want to do. So I just quit. Mm. I just, I gave up. Like, I completely gave up. There was too much to think about. I already told myself I was a failure. I already told myself, written myself off. Completely was just like, fuck it. I'll just be a nurse or whatever the fuck. I mean, not saying that nurse, you know. I'm about to say a nurse is very successful. Right, it's very successful. <laughs> but I'm but, saying. But that's I'll not what you were be, passionate about. That's, that's not, not. Yeah, I'll just do yeah. something I'm not passionate about, just make money and then mind my business, start a family, whatever. And I just couldn't. I just was in a space where I just couldn't do that. So then anxiety all the time, breathing, couldn't breathe, sweat all the time. Even now, my hands sweat because I'm talking about it. But as soon as I talk about situations like that, I I have anxiety. There's no, I didn't know what it was called. I was just like, I just don't want to be here. Yeah. I don't want to be here. It's uncomfortable. Right. It's feeling uncomfortable. So then I didn't get seen. I didn't get checked up on. I didn't get any of that when I came back home. I just buried it and was like, all right, well, that was a chapter. Let's move on. Mm. And then decided I wanted to be a designer one day. Then decided I wanted to do other things. And still was very depressed. Mm -hmm. Still swept that under the rug because I was like, it's fine, whatever. And I just couldn't figure it out. Yep. So then just now, like I'm literally, I'm 20, I turned 27 October 3rd last year. August is when I was like, okay, let's figure out what the fuck this is. That's when, I'm literally, it took me forever but it's that that point, and I think I remember that point when I just I couldn't stop thinking about wanting to be in a dark place. Mm. Like I just wanted to be in it. I'd rather sit in it because I felt comfortable to you. Now, right? It became a right. place of if, comfortability. Yeah. It, it became a place where I. I know too well. That you felt safe, that right. you were used to. So I was just like, this is, and then when opportunities started coming, I started saying no. What I yep. said to you before, mm -hmm. the mics were on. So I just be like, no, I'm all right. And people would tell me to leave hot. It's time mm -hmm. to leave hot. No, I like this right here. Because mm -hmm. I 
I just want to resistant to change. Right. No change. I don't want to fail, and I also don't want to see how well I can do. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to do it. Yep. So I think around that time is when I was like, all right, let's start trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. And it's been a process. It's been a very dirty process. Yeah. But it's a good one. It's just those dark moments, you know, are super dark. Yeah. Super especially, dark. Especially when you're alone. Right. Right. And you don't have really much to think. And plus, even if you talk to somebody about it, you're like, you don't really understand. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. you don't know. Yeah what I'm talking about. I understand you have your own set of issues. You don't understand this darkness that I'm sitting in right now. It is a dirty, mm-hmm. dark life that I'm well, living. Well, that's the thing. We try to push ourselves even further right. by saying, you can't understand what I'm going right. through. There's no way. Right. It's only me. Right. It's only me. Right. I'm the it only feels one. like that after a while. Like, it feels right. like you're the only one, like, going through shit because, you know, like you said, like, a lot of times it's just easier for us just kind of like, you know, like, I'm just going to sit in this. Yeah. And, like, Eventually, it'll take care of itself, and, like, life will, you know, like, it'll work out. Like, it's just bad right now, and it's, like, a lot of times we don't know that there are options for us. We don't know that, like, there are things we can do to kind of, like, not accelerate the process because... Start the process. Start it. Start it. You know what I mean? Thing. Like, and because that's the thing, right, is we put this psychological time on so many things, and like I said in the beginning, it's, it's a journey. The journey is life. The journey doesn't end until that last breath. And that's, I think, what a lot of people forget is it's, there's no starting point. It's like when you start to start, cool, start. But it's not like you're late. Right. You, just, you just don't know how to start, too. I don't know where exactly you're supposed to step in on the self, self-worth self or self-care. And you're like, I don't even know. Well, well let's talk about do. that, right? So you're in therapy, uh-huh. right? And you said last year in August. So how did you start? Like, I started with breathing, and then that led me to everything else. And then I checked myself into therapy because I just wanted somebody else to talk to. I wanted somebody that had nothing to do with my everyday life, doesn't know my history, doesn't know any of that, as a sounding board. I'm sorry, July. It was right? July. July. I'm sorry. I'm oh, so you kidding. did it for my birthday? Thanks. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But was it all right? So that, like, for me, literally, so last year, February 5th, Super Bowl, I threw a party. Hosting, I stopped drinking. I decided on that day I'm not going to drink alcohol anymore. I've been a professional drinker since I moved to New York in 92 and worked in the music industry, was at every open bar, and could out-drink most of my friends. Facts. My, my, my wife and I could knock back a liter of Jameson in a night, no problem. And I just gave it up cold turkey. I had no idea why. I had It wasn't like, I'm going to stop drinking, and then this is going to be the result, and I'm going to be great. It was literally something in inside of me said, you need to push this negative thing out so other positive things can come in. And 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 then that just, July 1st, I just woke up and kept on this journey and started breathing, started meditating, started all of this stuff. And it wasn't a, the help I asked for, I guess, was through the internet. And then I started talking to a few other people. And, and then it was like, oh, this book, and then there's that book, and... And you just start reading. But again, most people won't start because they don't know how to start. That's right. And that's what stops everybody. It's that first step. Right. Right? So, I mean, we've all kind of started on our own. So I think sharing that part would kind of help people. You know, even if there's a resource that you want to share or like a website or a book. Yeah. Well, I started with 
reading. Somebody introduced me to, I, although I always like to read, I didn't read like that. Yeah. Somebody introduced me to reading, and it's serenity. Like, I just wanted peace. So I was like, is there any way I can get peace from something? Like, somebody, something or somebody or whatever. Because you can't really find peace in people. Yep. You just find, I, I decided to read. And so I would just read from Black Arthurs, you know what I'm saying, and try to do it that way. Um, and because it's my own way of just kindly just stepping back mm -hmm. from everything that's going on. So that's what I, pl that's what I wanted to do. Um, and then eventually... I started reading more about therapy. Mm -hmm. um, when I did work at Hot 87, Ebro would always tell me, yo, and Rosenberg, yo, and Laura, all of them would be <laughs> like, yo, go and get seen. Like, go and, yeah. you know, check it out. And I'm like, that's rich people shit. Like, that shit I don't even, like, I don't even have that many issues like that. Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. And then finally, you know, last year, I was like, I got to go. And see what this is about. At least the first go. And then, you know, I try as looking for a therapist, I was trying to see who could relate to me. So I got a black woman yep. who can sit with me and look at me and see her. And I could do the same thing. Yep. Um, so that's what I did in writing. Now, I'm not a writer, but I do take time to write how I feel about things and how certain people make me feel. When I have experience from people, I literally will take a book, take my journal out and be like, I don't like how this feels. I don't like how sitting with this person makes mm -hmm. me feel. This makes me feel this way, that way, this way. And it just makes me feel better. Yep. There's just different ways. I've tried to do, I know it sounds so nuts. No, but see, but, do it, but it does it because what you're actually doing is working through right. that those emotions, right? right? If somebody... If you're in a situation and you have an interaction and you feel an emotion, most people say, you made me feel angry. Right. Or you're making me upset. Right. No, that's our choice. Right. So what you're doing is processing why I feel this Why way. you feel that way. Right. And why that person is making you feel that way. Because that has right. to do with you, not them. Right. It has nothing to do with them. Right. Right? So Truly. I mean, so you're really working. So it's not crazy at all. It's actually probably one of the better things you should be doing. Yeah, so that that's what I've done. I mean, I've, I do those things in music. Music, just listen to music, tons of music, researching music. That puts me in a good space, too. Um, and if you can talk to people, it's hard sometimes to really gauge how people will judge. Because people will still judge. Oh, yeah. Oh, people yeah. will still look at you and be like, kind of nuts. Um, but if you tr really trust somebody with a lot of how you feel and your feelings and your soul, then I suggest you tell that person how you're feeling. But, you know, I, I really do this keep to myself thing very well. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah. You do therapy at all, Dal? Um, no. I won't. Uh, I was going to say, I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, but again, it's like the same kind of reaction that I would get from even from my wife, because I've suggested uh, that we go to therapy yep. together. <clears throat> She's like, nope. <laughs> She's like, I will never 
ever go to therapy. Mm. So that automatically already puts me like on an island. So, um, but I, 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 you know, I pray a lot. Mm-hmm. I start meditating. Yep. Like that old Stevie Wonder song. You know, if you feel your life is too hard, go and have a talk with God. So, yep. um, definitely do that. God is my therapist. I mean, yeah, I mean, for, for a lot of people, I mean, that's we and we all are God. We're all created in the Creator's eyes. Yeah. So, we are creators, right? Um, that's like a yeah. You sounded like my grandmother saying that. <laughs> my grandma goes says that she goes like, if you need therapy, go to church. Yeah, mm. and I'm like, well, church can't solve Well, but see, but the thing is, is I think in 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 the way I take a lot of the spirituality stuff is that when you're talking to God like that, you're actually talking to yourself. Oh right? yeah, and that's you're, and you're so having a conversation yeah, so you're having with a, yourself, which mm-hmm. is which is in a lot of ways very healthy, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't nurture ourselves, right? And that's what we're kind of talking about: your self care and taking care of ourselves, and and. Um, there's a book called The Artist Way. They have two exercises in this book that, that I do. Um, one is called The Morning Pages. It's like saying creative and writing down things. You wake up in the morning, you write three pages. You don't think about what you're writing. As you don't judge it. You don't go back and read it. Just whatever comes off the top of your head, you just spew it out. It could be, I don't know what the fuck to write right now. This fucking shit is stupid. Or it could be, you know, I'm feeling this way right now. Da, 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 whatever it is. The other one is The Artist Date where you're passionate about something, whatever it may be, and you take yourself by yourself on a date. Oh, I'm the king of self-dates. Right, I will do that all the time. But a lot of us don't really think of it that way, and we go, oh, yeah, I want to go check this exhibit out. You want to go with me? Or you want to go with me? Let's go. Let's all go together. And people won't just explore these things and and explore that inner kind of child and creativity themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's, uh, It's... It's weird to be by yourself sometimes. Well, initially, it feels weird to be by yourself because it's like, and it shouldn't feel weird because like you're with yourself all the fucking time. But that's but that's the thing is that we're not. Yeah, almost. exactly. It's almost like you got to be deliberately by yourself, and when you don't do that, you let a lot of shit fester. Yep. You know what I mean? And that was my issue. Like when I first started going to therapy, it was after. A traumatic experience and I felt wronged in many ways and when I went there my therapist who I guess could gather from like sitting with me for a while and was like you know you're not like you seem like a very like laid-back like relaxed guy like how do you get to this point whatever and after talk with her, she was just like, you know what you should do? Like, I'm going to let you do this right now. Like, just sit here. She's like, close your eyes. And whatever awful thought that you've had, like, whatever, like, fucked up, crazy, violent, me, anything, just let it out, like, in your head. Like, just let all the shit out. Like, and no one's going to judge you. Like, if you feel like somebody, like, if you want to punch someone in the face, if you want to throw someone off a bill, if you want to do all this shit, just sit there and just think about it. You know what I mean? And just, and like literally play it out in your head. And, she, and I guess her, her whole thing with that was I was super concerned about, you know, being a good person all the time and doing the right thing. And 
that's a good thing. But at the same time, she, her it was her belief that she thinks that bad thoughts are bad things. And she doesn't believe that. She believes, like, yo, like, you can believe, like, you can think about these things. There's nothing wrong with thinking about this shit. You just don't do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, like, we all have wild thoughts. We all have wild, and it's like, and she thought, like, she saw, like, a mental block with that. Whereas, like, even if she would ask me about certain shit, I'm like, oh, no, why would I even think that? She's like, no, no, trust me. Like, it's okay. It's okay to think about these things. Like, they're just thoughts. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So she was like, yo, just do. That was the first exercise she had me do. It was like, just do that shit. And after that, um, you know, I, I got it as my screensaver. So it keeps me, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a reminder to do this, you know, usually on the weekend. Um, but it's, I, I try to do it every day. And it's you know, four things. It's just to, you know, keep your health right. It's physical health, emotional health, creative health, and spiritual health. And I try to do them at least once a day, right? Physical health, one, eat, move, sleep. Whatever you do, make sure you're eating. Make sure you move around and do some shit. And make sure you get some good sleep. Emotional health, eliminate all of the toxic people in your life. All the toxic people. All the toxic people in your life. <laughs> it's a lot. A lot. <laughs> and and the fucked up thing is, like, a lot of times it's people that's super close to you that you don't realize is really fucking toxic, you know? Um, that's for another day. Uh, creative health. Write down 10 ideas a day. The ideas could be about anything. Yep. And I, I definitely do that every single day. And spiritual health. Learn how to deal with anxiety and regret and, regret and release control over the things you have no control over. Yep. Um... And, like, just doing those four things a day just, like, changed my energy so much. You know what I mean? Like, you you kind of start to feel like, I felt like, you know when you do laundry and you got to do, like, you got you to gotta separate your whites and your colors and shit? <laughs> and, like, it's all types of shit. And I felt like I was just a laundry basket with mad shit. And it's like, I need all this shit clean and I need it right now. And I don't have the time to separate all this shit. This helps me separate my whites yeah. and my, my colors and all this shit. You know what I'm saying? So when I clean it and bring it back, it's nice and clean like I wanted it to, you know? Um, so, those, like, being able to think clearly and do those four things to keep myself clear um, has helped me out a lot. And that's, you know, something I got to thank my therapist for, man. Like, she, she's like, like and, and, and here's another thing. Like, for people who listen to this, like, a lot of times you're probably, like, sometimes your therapist isn't going to be the best therapist like if you feel uncomfortable like the first time i talked to her, i was like man i don't i had two i had i had two the first one i talked to i did not like at all because like our third meeting he was like you know you could probably prescribe you something to make you feel better as soon as he said no. that i was like nope no nope. i'm like i'm good i'm nope. good let's not nope. <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah, once they lead uh, with that yeah like the first the first three or four times I'm like, all right uh, this guy's cool this guy's cool and then, like, when I really started to, like, lay into him about, like, what's really been going on in my life and what's really, you know, <laughs> fucking with me. He's like, yeah, he got scared. fucked up. <laughs> yeah. He was like, <laughs> bro. Like, no. I might need to sedate you. Like, you know, we can prescribe some shit. For you. And, like, once he said that shit, I was like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super good off of that. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't want people to think, like, just because you sit with one therapist, they're the no all, end all and be all. Like, they're not. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't feel comfortable with that person, you could absolutely just find somebody else to talk to. Yeah, you know 100%. Saying? Like, there's, and, and I don't want people to think, like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I went to therapist and I'm good now. It's like, no, dog. Like, if yeah. you went to therapist and you're more confused 
after <laughs> talking with them, like, you don't need to be talking with them. They're not perfect. They're just dudes just like you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just got to find somebody that that fits with you. And I, and I found someone that fit with me. And, um, you know, she's great. So that's... Well, that's uh, if you are confused after you left cert- leave sessions, that's not a bad thing either. Mm. So because there are times in therapy where they will question a lot of things. You'd be like, damn, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I have to figure this out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, then I would leave and be like, damn, I have a lot to figure out or I'm way more fucked up than I think I am. Mm. And, which is good, you know what I'm saying? Because my, my therapist makes sure he, I have to have, like, certain, I have homework and stuff. Yeah. So, like, one day she said, write an apology letter that you think that you deserve from all the men that's done you wrong. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> what you? she was like, write the apology letter that you would like to see from your father, from your exes, from people who's abused you. You know, yeah. write that apology. And I was like, I don't know what I would want them to say. She was like, so how do you expect them to know what you would want to hear? So then I left there totally confused because I was like, I thought maybe a sorry would suffice, Mm -hmm. but maybe sorry can't suffice. You know, it won't suffice. I I can't. I don't know what I would want from the person that abused me or what would I want from the person who's two time me twice and back and front and forward and whatever. And my father, I don't know what I would want from him, but I do know that I hold these things Mm -hmm. that I would, this, this weight of something of like what I would. And she was like, that's forgiveness. Something that you Mm. can't give. And so you hold on to it. You hold on to it, it. but you're waiting for something, but you don't even know what it is. And then that creates the anxiety, the angst, right. the frustration, everything else. So then, you know, I was confused. I was like, I'm never going back because who <laughs> asked that question? Who <laughs> does that? Like, I was really upset. And she was like, you're going to be mad at me. Because after that, I shut down. I, didn't, I stopped speaking. I was like, damn, I wasted my money. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like damn. But that whole, like, I, I stopped seeing her for two weeks. And I was like, I hate her. I don't know what I'm supposed to think now. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Every man that used to have an issue with me like that. I, Cause I, I'm good at f- fake forgiving. I'm good mm. at, you know what, you fucked up, but you can be cool. Like, cool. And never really forgiving them and holding this like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is I'm holding. I still don't know yeah. what I'm holding, yeah. but I do know. You're holding pain. You, right. You, you want to give yourself pain. You want to give yourself something to not let and you, yourself. But you don't want to even give it a name like pain no. because you are too pride. Yeah. I have tons of pride. Every, all my friends know. Everybody knows. My pride rules me before anything else. That's just that ego, though. It's it's mm-hmm. it's is an ego, but it's. I mean, usually it's it's usually what yeah. it's tied to. It's usually saying, "Look at me." Yeah. It's. You know, like, seem deserve this. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You know who I am. You know who I no, am. but it's not that. It's. I, 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 well, one thing that one of my therapists talked to was like he, she made a timeline of my life, right? And like she made like she drew a line, and she drew like dark circles in between the lines, right? And she was like, let every dark circle represent like something like 
terrible that's happened to your life. You've been dealt a bad hand, like something really bad that's happened to you. And we're going through it, and I'm like, I'm I'm trying to name stuff. It's like, okay, like, you know, like for somebody who's lived 30 years of life, you've had a pretty smooth go of it compared to people who, you know, can't walk by themselves, can't fucking breathe on their own, can't, like, we're born in the fucking awful situations that, like, you know, they're like refugees and shit, like all types of wild shit. So it's like, yo, at the end of the day, like, you know, why not you? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I had the same issue where I'm just like, oh, like, no, I was wronged. Like, I, I, I got did fucking wrong, bro. Mm-hmm. And, like, I need, like, either somebody got to pay or I got to get my, like, something's got to give. Like, I'm not just going to sit here and eat this. And she's like, no, but why not you? <laughs> like, why not you? Like, dog, like, if you, like, nobody is immune from the trials and tribulations of life. Like, absolutely nobody. And to think that you're immune from them is a bit of being a little egotistical mm-hmm. it's like like really you think you think out of the billions of people who've lived in life mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying you're not gonna go through some shit ever ever you know what i'm saying it's like you gotta humble yourself a little bit like you gotta be like damn all right so i just yeah like i guess i do gotta eat that like i do gotta take that on the chin and um i guess that's a small part of you know the part, <laughs> the small part of uh you know uh that 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 man up that you grew up with yep you know what i'm saying and it's like oh you thought you was manning up before like no now you really have to yeah. you know what i'm saying because you know there's a lot of other choices you could have and none of them are healthy and you don't like feeling like this anymore right and it's like you don't you know you want to get better right like you want to you want to eventually you know live a healthy life and a happy you want to be a, a contributing member to society and your family, and you know you. And at the end of the day, you want to be good with yourself. So it's like, if you're not living life, understanding like, okay, this is what life really is about, and you're gonna have to deal with this type of stuff. You're not really growing. You're not really becoming whole as a person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the way you react to tribulations in your life. Is what's really going to shape you. Yep, that defines your character. Yeah, like you don't. I always say, like you can't. You're not going to. You're not going to learn anything until you get punched in the face. Like <laughs> every lesson is good. Like it's good to not. Like it's good to like see from other people. Like okay, I see that. I'm not going to do that. But it's not until like you physically get punched in the face that you re- like the the lesson really gets driven home. I've always said that people and they'll talk big shit. Like, you know, you'll talk big shit about, oh, yeah, well, no, nah, I'll be, you know, I'll be good. I'm good. I'm good. Until that shit really hits you in your yeah. face. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, that didn't turn out the way I, I wanted it. Yeah. Right. But that, that, that definitely is one of, you know, one of the, like, the many reasons why I had to go to therapy. Because I, I, I didn't think I was... I didn't think I I didn't deserve, you know what I'm saying, that kind of thing. I just thought the best way I, I always handle things and you know this, Kaz, mm. that I I don't if it's a problem, I will legit just throw it under the rug. Mm-hmm. Or I'll just say I have a problem with this, I'm mad at this, I don't like this, blah blah blah, and then still throw it under, under the, the rug. rug. So that was I think that was just 
pride because I I didn't want to deal with it. I was like, I, I, I don't have to do it. I don't have to deal with this at all. And then finally figuring out that you do have to deal with everything. Got to let it all. Yeah, you got to observe it all. You got to feel it all. Otherwise, you, you just you don't deal with it. Like, man up. The funny thing is, man up sounds like control. Sounds like, I got this situation. Manning up, when I learned it now, is letting go. Yeah. And understanding yeah. that you don't have control over every situation. You don't have control. What you have control over is your emotions. What you have control over is how you react to every situation. I don't have control over you, you, or anybody else in this world. Not my family, not anybody I pay bills for, nobody. And um, that's a kind of scary thing, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like, what do you mean I don't have control of my life? You know, and all of these things happen to me. Why me? All these things happen to build up our character, to, to help us grow as people. But sometimes we get resistant to change. When we see anything that may be changing, whether it's a, a career change, whether it's um, somebody left our life, whether it's whatever it may be, a, a, a death in the family, whatever, like, we can't change that. Only thing we can do is handle how we respond to that and move forward and, and be present in that situation. Yeah. Um it's 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 weird man because like the most power you can give somebody is trying to control a situation you know what i'm saying and you feel like you kind of take the power back when you're like I, i'm not gonna let anything that like a situation i can't change affect me anymore you know what i'm saying like like i, I wrote i wrote down here man like the last line of this shit is like um release control over the things that you have no control over and learn how to deal with anxiety and regret. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And the way I deal with anxiety and regret is, like, I don't regret anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, there was so many things that I just, like, fuck, if I would have just, you know, if I would have just did this right with, with, with my dad or did this right in this relationship or did this right in this job or with this friend or this business or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I'm always sitting here thinking, like, fuck, I, 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 wish, I, I wish I just did this different. You know what I'm saying? And that's just giving up too much power. And, yep. like, you you only have so much. And, like, after learning how little control you have over so much shit, the small part of control you do have, you got to protect it and own that shit yep. and, and guard that shit with your life. You know what I mean? And, and the little control that you do have is, you know, the ability to not regret, the ability mm -hmm. to not stress over things you can't control that causes anxiety. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, once you give that up, then you're just like, man, like it's it's almost freeing. It's almost like you're you're breathing new breath. It's almost like, you know, you don't even realize sometimes, like, unless I physically tell myself, yo, let your shoulders down, mm -hmm. breathe a little bit, like straighten your back up. You know, what I'm saying, like, you don't even realize how tense you're. We're walking around like all the time, until like, because it's it's non-voluntary like all this shit like with your body and breathing and all this shit it feels it's mad non-voluntary until you actually tell yourself to do it it's like fuck i was walking around with this tense and this this stress on my body this whole time and i didn't even realize it yeah. you i mean so. your subconscious your subconscious is a is an incredible machine yeah but when we allow it to run our lives and we feed it negative energy it creates more negative energy i mean you speaking on that i compounded all my psychological pain into physical pain so my back pain, a lot of that shit is psychological. A lot of that shit wasn't from an injury. A lot of that shit was from, like you said, holding your shoulders, being down, slouching, like not standing straight, not mm -hmm. being strong in your in your posture. And like I got this 
crazy stress in that. Like, I got MRIs, I got x-rays, I got all kinds of shit. There's nothing there. Mm -hmm. But a knot of just muscle that's so tense mm. that, like, I go to massage therapy, like, all this crazy shit. And, um, like, you think about that, and you're like, this is, these are just thoughts. These are just things we think of. And, but you, like you were saying, like I was saying before, you have to separate all of those things and give, you have to nurture and give help to all of those physical, mental, spiritual, all of those things. Mm. Like, if not, your whole shell starts to just. It starts to break <laughs> down. So you, yeah, you like break it down. It's physical. Like, it, it's like, that happened to me, like, in the past, like, like, in the past year, like, I left my job, break up, you know, father passed away. Reggie passed away, who we're all yeah. really close with. Yeah. Like, a lot of shit happened in, like, the past, like... Prodigy, you know, well, prod well, for me, for yeah. You, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, a lot of just traumatic shit just happened in the course of the calendar year where so much stress and anxiety is built up, it starts turning into physical yeah. fucking pain. And that's when I was like, okay, like, I need to go and fix myself because if I continue, like, pe like, and this isn't, like, cliche or anything, like, you know, the reason why this... This you know mental health and 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 managing stress is so important is because it can kill you like oh, yeah. it can't like it will develop into like shit that is physically wrong with you like it will develop into mm -hmm. bad habits that eventually lead to like cancer and fucking just high blood pressure and all this other shit because you're using you know you're not dealing with these things in in in, in healthy ways and I was guilty of that like. I'll drink myself under a table when I was depressed. I'll go smoke as, in, until I fell asleep. Like, you know, I'll do anything just to not feel. And it was like, you don't even realize you're doing that shit so much until you're like, oh, man, like, damn, this this don't feel right. Like, this chest don't, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, my back is a little, a little knotted up, you know? And it's, it's all this shit is important, man. Like, when, if, you, if, you, if you bust your knee, you know what I'm saying? You go to the doctor. You yep. know what I'm saying? You go to a car, you go to a therapist or yep. whatever, physical therapist. If you if something happened to you that fucks up your head and you don't treat it and the head is most the most important part of your body, like what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, but we're not taught that. We we're, mm -hmm. we're, we're taught, yo, you go to a doctor for this. Yeah. You get hurt, that's what you do. Your yeah. car breaks down, take it to a get tuned you up lose a tooth you go to the dentist, dentist. you know what i'm saying yeah. like that's if, what they're there for yeah. you know? if if we're feeling crazy we're feeling down we feel emotional distress man up man up <laughs> <laughs> like, like like that's all i'm not gonna break your leg and the doctor's gonna be like all right you got a man up now <laughs> Just i mean and in the crazy time we're in right now with you know the the orange flame ball that's in <laughs> this in um that that office yeah. um i mean with all these shootings with I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Like, how, how, how do you guys all just stay motivated and positive? Like, like that, I always fuck with you because, I mean, I'm looking at your hat right now. Winners never lose, mm -hmm. you know? And there's, like, tons of positive reinforcement in what you guys do in general with that. Um, like, how do you guys just stay motivated? Um, <laughs> just keep it positive in this wild. Um, we, we, we actually just had a, I, I did a talk at um, Ludlow House the other night where we were talking about how creativity and activism, you know, if they cross, if they should cross, when they cross, what happens. Um, and we talked about this idea of the your moment of obligation when you feel like, when you have the epiphany that you feel obligated to something bigger than, you know, what you do for a career or you as a, um, 
you know, whatever, whatever bigger than yourself. Yep. And um, I think a lot of people are having that moment of obligation under the current administration and sort of the way that our, our country is is headed towards. Um, and so for me, that that became a place of inspiration, of motivation that you find, like, you know, if, if you're at all socially conscious of what's happening and whether it's, you know, immigration reform or, you know, common sense gun laws or civil rights or, or you know, whatever it the is. The list goes on. There's a long, there's a laundry list yeah. right now. That you, um, you know, that you feel like I have this other job, you know, this other full-time job, whether I'm a radio personality or, you know, uh, designer, whatever it is, that you have this next full-time job. Like, how do I figure out how to, you know, be able to manage both. How can I, um, you know, be conscious and be active um, and look out for other people other than just myself or my immediate family? That you got to figure out ways to do that from the same space, yep. to be able to create and um, be socially conscious from the same space. So that was sort of that moment of obligation. Like I can, you know, and then that's using your platform, whatever platform that you have to be able to do other things than ways to, you know, get a check or to make money or, you know, of course we have to do that, right. To feed our families and take care of ourselves, but that we have more room to take on, um, additional opportunities because now it, it you know that is a full-time gig you know to keep <clears throat> to, <laughs> to keep, keep our, our voices heard yeah to keep you know our government in check and hold them accountable like that's a full-time gig like you got to be able to do that and at the same time do what you normally do and so for us that that's a newfound motivation that's newfound inspiration don't what about you young Cass? Um, I mean, the thing that keeps me inspired is, uh, and, and especially in this crazy fucking world of Trumpito, um, shout out to Jesus and Mira. Honestly, man, I just got to laugh at it. <laughs> like, like it got to a point where it's just like, there's a small part of me that's like kind of happy it happened. Cause like, I can't just be a passive fucking participant in politics anymore i can't just be like oh okay i'll vote with i'll vote for the black guy and whatever you know what i'm saying like i actually have to you know participate in local elections and listen to what's going on and and in a weird way trump is so dumb that it's dumbed down politics for everybody and it's kind of made me think all right well that's wrong you know what i mean i'm not gonna stand for that or you know that's that doesn't seem right, you know what I mean? Like, even the simplest of people could understand what's wrong or what's right with this guy. So, as far as my mental health, I just kind of laugh at him, dog, because it's like, I, I I, know I should take him seriously. Like, I know I should be like, oh, man, this guy's fucking terrifying and could probably, like, have the country nuked in, like, 0.5 seconds or whatever. But it's just one of those things where it's like, I, it's so fucked up that I have to laugh to keep from like (laughs) 
really thinking about this shit. <laughs> like, it's one of those things that's like, you know what? I got my own shit I got to deal with. I got my own everyday problems that I'm working through and not even like i don't want like i don't want people to hear this and and think i'm like going through like a million shit problems i'm just fucking sad all the time no it's regular life it's life it's It's life that's life we all go through it and that's and that's to show that i mean i'm sure there's a lot of people look up to you and your your path and all the things you've done Mm. we're all normal people no matter no matter what we've done in life i feel like a lot of people there's only like a handful of people like like diani knows me you know me like we had just met today but like a lot of people only see like the Instagram highlights, you of know, course. and like social media is a highlight tape, and like that's why I try to share everything. Well, that's that you mask. You like, can hide, you can hide and, and show yeah. and curate your Instagram. Yeah, like people will always say like I overshare and like I, I tweet too much and like I Instagram too much. Yes. I'm always all right. No, I'm saying me for me. No, 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 no. No, people say I share too much, but like. My whole my whole reason behind that is that like I don't want people to think my life's just a fucking highlight tape. You know what I'm saying? Like I go through shit. Like I'm I'm gonna share my I'm definitely gonna share my successes, but I'm absolutely gonna share my failures too. Like mm. if I'm if I wake up not feeling like this shit, like if somebody out there is gonna need to hear that, like I'm 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 not I'm not naive to the point to not know that I have a following anymore. Yeah. Like you know when people come up to you they're like, oh nah man, that's you. You know what I'm saying? Like that, I, you can't you can't really pretend that anymore because like you you know like there's certain days where I'll get down like somebody will DM me out of nowhere like you know like you inspire me to do this this that and the third like especially like like Nigerians and like just like young kids who like are in school for like either journalism or like music or like media or any of that type of shit like I've created like a career path for people that you know a lot of people haven't really seen before where yep. I just kind of like jump in between a lot of places and still kind of re- like retain my independence and a lot of people strive for that so if I don't show people like I'm doing my I'm doing them a disservice if I don't show them the whole picture yeah. you know what I mean of like you know yes this is attainable but be ready to deal with this mm-hmm. be ready to deal with that like understand like you're gonna have to live a different life than the people you probably grown up with or whatever like i i overshare and like i have no problem like i used to think that was an issue i used to be like damn man i gotta stop tweeting so like i gotta stop drinking and just sitting on twitter and talking <laughs> shit. Like, i just think that was an issue but it's like dog like like i had that like i had people that i followed what might not have been on like social media or anything like that but like i read up on like writers that i admired or like execs that i admired or you know sportscasters like i read them shits religiously you know what i'm saying now we live in a time where i could just pick up a phone and like literally follow somebody's like career path from the rooter to the tutor like it would be i wouldn't be doing my serve like i would be doing my just do to not chronicle that you know what i'm saying like i want people to know every like like we all just lost combat right and like the beautiful thing i mean i'm i'm terribly sad of, of his passing like everyone else is but the beautiful thing is like he left so much to everybody yeah you know what i mean like he left such like you can you can chronicle his career from even before social media from oh, like, way before his from everything and to and then and to be one of those ogs who like embraced it so heavily that like if you want to follow that career path you can see that Yep. You can look at all his podcasts. You can look at all his tweets. Like even the dumb, like the dumb shit he tweeted, the brilliant shit, everything. Like fa- everything, it's there for you. 
it's like you don't got to go to a library and pick up a, a, a encyclopedia like we have to used to used to do and follow someone's career and Mic- microfish. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't got to do that no more. Like you can see at least a glimpse into what it took to get to that point. So I, I don't mind oversharing, man. Like I think uh, that just like everything, everything has its good and its bad. And I don't think social media is all that bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think people will be like, oh, you, you share too much, yada, yada. That's a bad thing. Like, no, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think yeah. just like everything in life, it has its good and it has its bad. Uh. I, I, I am so, everybody knows on, like, my social media platform that I'm super pro-black. So I support, you know, I try to focus on things that would help people. Um, and put it on my platform. Um, I just started to realize that I do have sort of a following. So, um, you know, when three girls walk up to me from Pace University and they say, you know, hi, are you Scotty Beam? And then one starts crying. I'm like, what the fuck are you, what are you crying for? (laughs) And they start, you know, talking about their journey and because i have another podcast called black girl podcast where we talk about mental health and the you know just the black woman's psyche the whole thing um these women think that they are alone there's so many black women that i mean there's so many people period that think they're alone but because i'm a black woman because i can only relate sometimes to the black woman i uh, no, I have a responsibility to share what I feel is troubling for me yep. because they do feel the same thing. Some people have their own share of you know stories or whatever, but my goal is to build a safe place for women to come together and have a conversation where they won't feel judged or yep. they won't feel like this will be taken out of the room you know what i'm saying and also learn about self-care i think we don't my mother although she was you know popping and all that i don't think she cared for herself as much as she should because she had three kids to take care of there was no lay down time there was no chill out time there was no reading time time for yourself time there was none of that and i'm i'm not a mom so i don't i can't speak about that but i do know when you're looking at mothers who are my friends and stuff they don't have time to deal with anything mentally emotionally nothing especially if you have a husband in the house it's all just let's keep it together you know what i'm saying let's hold it together let's do this let's push through let's and it's always it always just looks to me like it's like a like we we have to just focus on the forward and not the past so I want to build like a, a space where women can just go and think about the past and unpack shit and realize that some shit was just not okay yep. and some shit is okay and whatever it is. But I think that's what my following is for. That's why I was put on here. I don't know what exactly I'm set on here to do yet in the world, but I do know I would love to help other lost black girls. I mean, that's like that's a constant journey. That's a work in progress, right? It's right. All, you're always reaching back. You're always kind of helping. Um, I mean, this was this was great, man. I mean, for me, this is kind of like you know another version of therapy. This mm-hmm. this for me. That's how I feel like I'm at. Yeah. I'm like, let's let's open up like Barbara Walters. Yeah. Quick. You know, <laughs> and um and and for me, part of part of this journey 
like before was my paralysis by overanalysis. I would I would overanalyze situations to and then play devil's advocate against myself to hold myself back from doing things that I wanted to do because mm-hmm. I never did them before. Mm-hmm. So like this, I never did a podcast before. Why the fuck should I be talking about mental health? Why should I be this person? Mm-hmm. But like Sky, like you touched on before, there was something just nagging me and telling me like. I gotta start talking about this because yeah. I don't. I don't like when I came out of it. There was no relatable voices. I was looking for podcasts. I was looking for. I mean, even the 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 meditation apps. Like none of them sound like us. Yeah. Not that I want some dude like yo son. So you gotta. Yeah, I'm saying. You know, close you your eyes, breathe son. Shit, breathe, know? son. <laughs> breathe. Like I don't need that. But like, where are the relatable life experiences? Where are the people who have similar? You know passion similar anything and voices that just sound like us so that's what i was hoping to kind of provide with this bring people together and really show that like yo wherever you from however successful you are however successful you aren't like yeah we all have self-doubt we all have certain anxiety and worries and you know i want to just have people share their stories about that so again like scotty like you're saying you're trying to help through through the black girl podcast we're trying to help through mask off here and just change this awkward conversation into something that is okay like we we can talk about it. Right. So the last thing before we wrap up, man, and Dow, I know you gotta you gotta jump. So just um like what's one thing, one piece of advice you wanna leave to the listener um that is kind of maybe feeling down, feeling like they need to start this journey or something. Like how do you help them get jump started? Um you know, just that you're good enough, you you know, you're good enough the way that you are, right? And never feel like you gotta be any more you know for anybody other than yourself um yeah and uh, you know anything good that you're trying to do will always feel hard right will always you know feel like something that you can't do and that's the resistance the resistance is there to stop you from doing something good for yourself for your family for your community for the world you know like that's what you're supposed to feel so if you know that, get beyond that, you know, like see the devil trying to stop you from doing something good and know that he's at every single turn going to be there providing resistance, but you got to be able to get past it, right? Yep. Um, yeah, that's it. Dope. I would say, um, I would say... there's somebody out there that's like really like apprehensive and think that there's like something wrong with them like just know that like you're completely fine like this is normal you know what i mean like i would say don't gosh i don't know i don't even know how to really word this but i would just i would probably just say understand that okay manning up is the best thing you could do in the sense of holding on to your power and letting go of shit you can't control. Um, Don't hold it in. Don't let that shit fester. Don't let that spill over to things that, you know, if you don't take care of it, all the stuff that you really care about is going to be affected eventually. Um, So I would say the best thing to do is, like, a real man is somebody who's in touch with their emotions and their feelings 
and and you know being and that's okay like being caring about that is okay like being able to wear your emotions on your sleeve and be able to tell somebody how you feel why they feel like that's the most manly shit you can do 100 you know percent saying like the you know and and be comfortable in that and don't feel like oh god now this motherfucker knows i'm you know going through some shit like nah like Say it, own it, be comfortable with it, and stand in it on your own too. Like that's that's what manning up is. Like if we could change that narrative of, like just hold it in and you know what I mean just take a shot of Hennessy and you'd be alright. <laughs> like take a shot of Duce, you'd be alright. And um, you know that's 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 not true. Like that is not true at all. Just you know own your shit and release it out and let it go. And once you do that, like you'll trust me, you will feel ten feet taller. Like you'll you'll stand up straighter, you'll breathe easier, you know. What I mean, your shoulders will be more back. Like you'll you'll feel better about yourself. Like just trust me on that. Yeah, and I can hundred percent attest to that one. Uh, my advice would just be to stop and breathe. Mm. Breathe. Let loose, and breathe. And you're whoever is feeling lost. If you feel lost, it is really part of the journey. And I can attest to this. It is legit part of the journey. It's not the end of the journey. You won't be lost forever, although it may feel like you are lost forever and you've been lost forever. That is not the case. It'll come when it comes. But what you are supposed to do, what your responsibility is, is to just live. Not exist. Live. Mm -hmm. Live the life that you want to live. Live you know, what you can live. You know, it might not be what you want to live, but what brings you joy, you should continue to do those things. And just enjoy this process. It might not, it's not going to be fun sometimes, but when you sit back and you think about a lot of your life and most of your life, you'll think about how fun and how, how certain experiences has made you into who you are today and how happy some people make you, how happy some experiences make you. Just make sure that you build on that. Build on build on the happiness. Build on the joy. You know what I'm saying? Because you once were that before you were lost. So, yeah. And you can be happy and lost, too. I've been happy and lost. Mm-hmm. You can be happy and lost. I mean, um, lost is fun. Lost is fun. <laughs> but just enjoy the journey. Wherever you are, just know that somebody somebody has lived it. You completely have your own story, yes. But somebody has com- just done the same thing. Somebody's thinking the same thing. Just know that. Yeah, and uh, I would just say, uh, to add to all of that, um, I mean, everything starts with you. Like, we can place blame, we can project things, but um, it all starts with us. You want to fix anything in your life, change how you react, and... Scotty says breathing is an incredible way. I mean, there's tons of resources on the internet. We'll share a bunch as well as we progress in the show. Um, but for now, man, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Thank yep. y'all for being here. Thank giving you us for the time. Us. This is good. Thanks, and um, yeah, man, let's keep this going and um, keep this in a positive light and this conversation not so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> or just enjoy the awkwardness, man. Right, listen, I love sit in it. Yeah, sit, sit in, in the, the awkwardness, awkwardness, lay yes. in it, hug each other in it, yes. and just be okay with it. Yes. And then, like, you know, we'll all man and woman up to that extent, right? right? Let's all take our mask off and we heal what we don't reveal.